Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. What's up, losers, and welcome to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. My name's Andrew Bascom. This is your 20-ish minute sports gambling podcast where we discuss how in the world did we make money on the Super Bowl? Also, we make picks for things this weekend. But oh my God, usually the Monday after the Super Bowl is the saddest day of the year because football is over. It's sad. It's gloomy out. It's February. It's February in your head because that means it's sad. But weirdly, I am optimistic because there is so much money to lose out there. On this episode, we are going to be giving some picks for the NBA All-Star Weekend, some early Oscar favorites, and bets for UFC Fight Night. These are the picks that we can give you for this weekend and the future. But if you want hot, fresh daily picks baked straight out of the gambling oven, please go over to at LosingMoneyWAB on Twitter, on Instagram, where we went 12-12 and last week. I set that up like it was going to be really good. But we came out even. So close to losing money. I promise you next week we'll get closer. That is my promise to you. If you like the podcast and want to support it in any other way, please follow, like, and share those posts at Losing Money WAB. It, it goes a long way. All those picks, they're coming up a little bit later. But before we get to that, let's recap last week. Recap. Whoa, you're back. Yeah. Recap guy's back. Exciting to be back. Where were you? I was in a weird sex cult where everybody didn't know each other. Oh, no. weird. Okay. Oh, no more? I'm good. All right, let's just get to oh, it. Okay. The Super Bowl. The Super Bowl happened. That was a while ago, so I don't need to, you know, recap. If you're anything like me, you've read articles and listened to podcasts, you've been inundated with the Super Bowl, how it went, how it could change, what was good, what was bad. I'm not here to, to relitigate anything. The Los Angeles Rams beat the Cincinnati Bengals 23-20. to And to be honest, based on our bets, it kind of went exactly how we thought it would. If you, if you tuned into our Super Bowl episode, I walked through exactly how we were going to make decisions on bets. And how you could use that as a mental exercise for you on big games. I didn't expect most of it to go right. To be honest, the only thing we didn't hit was the spread. Which was fine, because it wasn't something we felt that strongly about. You can hear it when, when we spoke about it. There was a lot more things about the Rams having a dominant defense against an, a really bad offensive line of the Cincinnati Bengals. And that was going to lead to you know a, a tremendous amount of prop value. And so T. Higgins over 67 and a half receiving yards came through. Because we believed Jalen Ramsey was going to be on Jamar Chase, and that was going to cancel out. That actually turned out to be true. We thought the first half under 24 and a half, because they were going to try each other out a little bit. That was true, because the Rams were running the ball inexplicably, and the Bengals struggled to, to have a consistent offense. Joe Burrow under 36 and a half passing attempts, because we thought they weren't going to be successful on offense. That was true. And the total game sacks over five and a half. For God's sakes, the Rams had seven on their own. And then finally, the Bengals team total under 21 and a half, and that just came through barely. Those are the five wins we had, and the only two losses we had were on the spread. Rams minus four, and the alternate line of Rams minus 10. And if OBJ had stayed healthy, who knows what would have happened. Before he went down, the Rams were moving the ball really consistently. Also, you heard over and over again, the sportsbook's biggest liability out there was Beckham, first touchdown scorer. That's exactly what happened. But then he gets hurt, and that brings me up to just like a very interesting gambling point that I want to talk about. Unders. They're the nerd in high school that does so well. The unsexy pick that will make you money. This is why you bet unders. OBJ got hurt. And I'm not saying just getting hurt is like the only variable that can happen. But it is a variable that can happen. 
So why not bet under, right? Like Cooper Cup was the MVP of the game. It should have been Aaron Donald, but whatever. Cooper Cup was the MVP of the game and still went under in his receptions and receiving yards. It's unsexy, but it makes money. Whenever baseball starts, God knows July or something, and next football season, anytime before a season, we want to make futures bets, which we're going to make a lot more soon. So just heads up with that. Unders are the way to go. I got to remember that. I'm telling myself, I'm telling you, but I'm telling myself this as well. We're going to put football to bed as a, as a reoccurring topic, you know, because there's only so much to talk about. We are going to be talking about a little bit about the free agent carousel, the QB carousel, where certain players are going to end up. And then the NFL draft, which is going to be a big one because I love losing money on the draft. But one thing I wanted to talk about was the conference championship odds and Super Bowl odds came out just after the Super Bowl. There's nothing huge that I would tell you right now that we're going to lock money in. A big part of this thing is we're going forward, I'm going to start telling you and start tweeting out randomly or, or you know, posting out losing my WAB randomly when we have little future bets that I'm going to lock in just for transparency's sake. Yeah, we make, we make daily picks where we're saying like, these are the bets we're making. It's not saying these are the winners, but I just want to, for transparency's sake, like I'm going to lock this in because I think this number's a little off. And there's really only two numbers that I really like. See, the thing is, I don't think Cincinnati is going to be very good next year. There's a lot of, there's a lot of evidence that says when you kind of make an improbable run in the Super Bowl, the next year you kind of fall from grace. People find you out a little bit. So you'd look at some maybe divisional bets, like the Baltimore Ravens to win the North. You know, they just had a bad year because they were hurt all over the place. I'm not sure the Bengals are going to repeat as divisional champions. The Browns are going to be okay. The Steelers might get better with a better quarterback. But if you looked at the conference championships, you know, I'm a Bills fan, so it's hard not to look at the plus 700 for the Bills at the AFC Championship. When you walk away from the playoffs, it's hard not to think of like the Buffalo Bills and going, man, if they were still in that, that could have been interesting. Also, they've got a team that's only going to get better. So plus 700 just to get the AFC, that sounds pretty good to me. And on the other side is the San Francisco 49ers. Lance, Jimmy, it doesn't really matter. The quarterback didn't bring a ton to the table this year. So you have to think they're going to get better. Plus, their defense was incredible, and that was with no cornerback help at all. Their cornerbacks will be healthy this year, hopefully. And that incredible defense will only get better. Plus, the run game will get better. So plus 700 at the San Francisco 49ers, I like that one as well. Go Bills. Well, since you're back, you want to help me out? What topic should we talk about next? Recap. UFC 271. Yeah, UFC 271. Okay, this was a great betting experience for us. So we made picks at losing my WAB, of course. Well, where else would we make them? And I'll tell you my strategy. So when we make those picks, it's usually just, here's our picks. You know, figure it out. On the podcast, we get to talk about it a little bit. And part of the reason we made the picks we did was because that event was in Texas. The Nevada Gaming Athletic Commission is bad enough when it comes to judging. There are constantly things. And I think the last one was like kind of the Figueredo fight where we're like, uh, I don't know who won that one, or maybe that was a bad call. But trust me, when they leave Nevada, it only gets worse. And so putting your money in the hand of these inept judges gets a little harder to swallow, right? So we were trying to make picks more of saying this fight will go to decision instead of saying this fighter will win. And we had a great one. We went five and one on the card. It was awesome. The only thoughts I'd have about UFC 271 leaving it are two things. Robert Whitaker is a very talented fighter. And I almost feel bad for him because in any other generation, maybe he would have had a long, successful run as a title champion. But I think it's pretty established at this point that Israel Adesanya is a better fighter than Robert Whitaker. And he has his number. I don't really believe that he won rounds three, four, and five that you, see, that you saw was promoted by other fighters and things. No, I didn't, I didn't see that. I thought, I thought he, he fought well, but I think Izzy won. But if I went to the other side, I find it a little discouraging that Israel Adesanya is fighting the champion style, let's say, where you just have to do enough to win. There's been a long-standing belief in boxing that if, you are going to beat a champion. You have to beat the champion. 
And if you go to a tie, let's say, that the champion will always walk away. I'd love to see a little more output from Israel Asandi, especially as we are going to be betting on him in the future. Because in that middleweight division, there's not a lot coming for him. He is a lot better than almost everyone in that division. And it's too bad because we've already seen him try to move to light heavyweight. And I don't think that went the way he wanted to or anyone else. And it also is very discouraging for him ever to try it again. So Israel Sanya might be the middleweight champion for a very long time, just like Anderson Silva was. So get ready to lose money on Israel Adesanya. What do you want to talk about next? Losing money on golf. Yes. Okay. I love betting on golf. Hello, my name's Andrew Baskin. Hi, okay. Andrew. Yeah, thank you. And I love losing money on golf. It's kind of like the lottery where the odds are really high. The buy-in can be really low, but the odds are really high. So you can bet a little bit and win a lot if it comes your way. And then steadily just start handing the money back to the lottery week after week until you win again. And it just, the system goes on from there. That was no different than at the PGA Waste Management Open in Phoenix. It was a real swing and a miss for me, which is a delicious pun. We made five bets. So we had Justin Thomas at plus 1,200. He finished three shots back after a great Sunday, but that ultimately is a loser because he didn't win. We had Victor Hovland to win at plus 1,600, and he didn't make the cut, which is also very hard to win when you don't make the cut. We had Andrew Putnam at top 20 for plus 320. He also didn't make the cut. Ask Victor how that goes. It's hard to, yeah, hard to top 20 if you don't. Okay, you, you know, ask Victor. The big heartbreaker was Andrew Shoffley at plus 2,200. This was the one that we really liked, and this is, oh, ooh, the real heartbreaker. He had a putt to go into the playoffs, and he missed on 18. Ooh, that sucks. We did win with Mitchell in a top 20, plus 280. That won, but still didn't cover our bet. So still a loser, ultimately. Golf is just so much fun to lose money on because the odds are so high. We have picks out at Losing Money WAB for the Genesis Invitational that's running this weekend that we made on Wednesday. So always the golf picks come out on Wednesday because usually the tournament starts on Thursday. We are going to, like, golf is just, like I was saying, just some of my favorite things to bet on. So... For the majors that are coming up, the Masters is going to be coming up in April. That's very soon, I can't believe. We will always release special podcasts out on the Wednesday before the tournament starts so you can know exactly how we're going to be betting. You could check those picks out. You could tail us. You could fade us. Which, wait a second, that gets me a good idea. Let's bring back an old segment. Let's bring back Better Better. Today's terms are fade or fading, tail or tailing. Tailing is easy. Think of it as coattailing. It's following someone. It's following a team. It's following a bet. This person is winning all their bets, so I'm going to tail their picks. See, I used it in a sentence. Have you heard Charlie Chalk's picks in the NFL playoffs? The guy's on fire. I'm going to tail him. Or you could use it like for a team. The Colorado Avalanche are playing really well. I'm going to tail them. Meaning you're going to try and get them in in bets or as many bets as possible in parlays. And on the other way, the simplest way of explaining a fade or fading is avoiding a team, avoiding a bet, or avoiding a person. The Lakers are ice cold. I'm going to fade them, which is avoid betting on them or betting against them. It also works for people like my friend, the Panzerati Prince. He's such a crappy gambler. I'm going to fade all his picks and you'll be a winner. Makes sense, right? So you could fade Andrew Bascom and that probably will work as well. And now you're a better better. We'll be right back after this. Okay, welcome back. Let's make some picks for this episode. There are two bets I want to be making about the Oscars upcoming. Trust me, we'll have a whole episode devoted on how you can bet and lose money on the Oscars. But just quickly, before we get into it, I wanted to tell you I put two small bets down that you could tailor fade with me. See, now you know. Hey, learning. I have a small bet on Benedict Cumberbatch for best actor, Power of the Dog, at plus 400. Now, today, it seems like the Power of the Dog will be a runaway winner at this year's Academy Awards. It was nominated for 12 awards, by far the most of any movie. And when that happens, it usually means it picks up momentum and awards in its way. Now, the reason he is plus 400 and not the favorite is because there's an emotional favorite in this category, Will Smith. 
Yes, that Will Smith. Yes, the one you're thinking? Yes, that Will Smith. For King Richard at minus 275. This year's nominees have proven one thing. that The Academy doesn't care about the show. It doesn't care about the actual television show that you watch anymore. They care about rewarding what they think the best movie is, right or wrong. So the public might be betting Will Smith like they would be the Cowboys or the Yankees because they're a big name that's really popular. But that might mean they're getting overpriced. Benedict Cumberbatch might not win, but that number feels undervalued. So we're jumping on the plus 400. The other one is Olivia Colman, Best Actress, The Lost Daughter, plus 450. Now this one's a little different. This is more that the movie is good and the favorite, Nicole Kidman, for being the Ricardos at plus 100 isn't great and wasn't nominated very strongly at all. We have a month before the show. And these numbers will change. The Academy loves Olivia Colman. This feels like it'll go down, so we're just jumping on the price while it's still at 450. You got a lot of time for that, so don't worry too much about that. Okay, let's make some picks on things that you can actually bet on right now. Okay, where do you want to go to next? The NBA. NBA All-Star Weekend. Yes, there are three events that you can bet on on NBA All-Star Weekend Saturday. Don't get me started on Sunday's games. It's rubbish. No one is trying. You have a better odds at playing cards or quarters or something like that. If you bet on an All-Star game or a Pro Bowl or whatever, you are even more of a degenerate than I am. And for that, I respect you. I respect, I respect exactly who you are. Good for you. Just don't bet on the All-Star game. Come on, have some, have some pride in yourself. Here are the three events that we're going to be betting on for Saturday, okay? One, we have the Skills Challenge. It's completely different this year. In the last couple of years, it was like big guy versus small guy in some kind of like obstacle race of some kind. And then before that, it was just small guys doing obstacle race, like bouncing a ball through a hoop. That's all changed. There are three teams, Team Cavaliers, because Cleveland's the home city. Jared Allen, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley at plus 175. We have Team Antikupo, which is Alex, Giannis, and Thanasis at plus 225. And Team Rookie, which is Scotty Barnes, Cade Cunningham, and Josh Giddy at plus 125. This isn't the skills challenge we've grown accustomed to. It's new and honestly hard to predict. But the event format makes it seem as though teamwork and group collaboration is key. And what better group collaboration than being blood-related to, you, to your teammates? Let's go with the Antetokounmpo's, not only because their odds are the longest, which, great, because who the hell can predict this thing, is because Giannis is an MVP and a champion. You don't think that he would want to put some shine on his brothers who are barely, like, fringe NBA players? Antetokounmpo's, plus 225, that's our pick. Then we kind of get into the real stuff, like the three-point contest. I always know what I'm going to get from the three-point contest, and honestly, I appreciate that certainty in my life, because very few... Things are giving me that. This is just good players, and they always play well. This is something that they practice, is genuine about basketball, and they're good at. There is no Steph or Clay this time around. In fact, there's no previous three-point contest winners in the field. The things I can rely on right now are the Mountain Dew balls. Oh, Mountain Dew. Sweet, sweet Mountain Dew. And these incredible players shooting bright green balls for more points. That's the kind of certainty in this game that I really appreciate. This field is very good, though. Fred Van Vliet. Like, a sneaky candidate to win is honestly so incredible. He's a quietly the second in three-point makes per game this season. We've got Desmond Bay. He's a sniper. We've got Luke Kennard. He's fifth in the NBA three-point percentage. Trey Young, Zach Levine, Patty Mills, CJ McCollum, incredible players. There is no clear-cut favorite this year, so it makes a fun event to bet on because all the odds are kind of all over the place, and there's some really high ones. But because there's no clear-cut favorite, there's also no weak link of the bunch. It's actually pretty reasonable to believe that any of these people can win. So who are we taking? Luke Kennard, plus 600. What's up? I'm rolling with Luke Kennard because you know what? Guess who's from Cleveland? Luke Kennard is. And don't underestimate the power of a hometown. There's this invincibility with the familiar surroundings that gives you. And I'm convinced that the basketball gods throw you a sweet little boost because of it. He's also just a great shooter. He's never shot less than 40% from the deep plus 600. Yeah, let's do it. I love it. But honestly, whatever you go with, you're not going to be wrong. It's going to be a fun event to put some money down. This is like classic gambling stuff where 
let it fly, let's have some fun. And then that gets to the, the real showstopper, the real main event, the slam dunk competition. Like, God, another sport where I have to rely on completely unreliable judging. Where, like, Demiki Matumbo forgets, like, which one's 10 and which one's 9. He's like, ah, seven. And you're like, oh, okay, fine, I guess. There goes 20 bucks I'll never see again. The slam dunk contest is always the biggest mystery of All-Star Weekend. Its potential can be so high, like Aaron Gordon versus Zach Levine, or Blake Griffin jumping over a car, or Dwight Howard going Superman, Vince Carter putting on a show. It, just incredible stuff. But also has its lows, like Chris Birdman Anderson trying 32 times for a dunk in 2005 and missing every single one of them. But that's what makes it so much fun, because when it's good, oh my god, it's incredible. And the way that we're going to be going on this one is Jalen Green plus 170. He's the favorite right now, but with good reason. He can jump out of the gym. Let's not overthink this. He's having a fine but underwhelming rookie season for a, such a top pick. And he's on a terrible team. This is an individual showcase. So you think that he would take this opportunity to go like, I'm not with these bunch of losers. I'm actually like incredible. Watch me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump over two kids in a trench coat. Like that'll be incredible. Jalen Green plus 170. Love it. What do you want to do last? UFC fight night. UFC fight night. Okay, yes, we are red hot on our UFC picks. I don't know if you just heard us, but we went 5-1 and one last weekend. <laughs> Hello, I'll bring that up at every opportunity. We're going to be taking three fights here. First one is Porter versus Bedeau. Uh, Porter is minus 250. Bedeau is plus 205. It's safe to say that Porter has greatly exceeded my expectations since uh, falling to Chris Dawkins in his Octagon debut. Bedeau, Alex Bedeau, on the other hand, has been pretty much as limited as I thought he'd be. Though Bedeau has some serious power and like awesome, impressive kicking skills, there's not a lot stopping from Porter from marching him down, beating him up against the fence, and perhaps mixing in a takedown or two. My prediction, Parker Porter, minus 230, via knockout at plus 175. Next fight up, Jamie Pickett versus Kyle Dawkins. We got Pickett at plus 210, Kyle Dawkins at minus 255. I've been burned by betting on Pickett before. I just don't see him winning this. Like, Dawkins is a better grappler by a wide margin. He can hold his own on his feet. And he won't slow down as the fight progresses. Pickett also took this on short notice, making it even more likely that Dawkins just wrestles him into oblivion. So I'm going to take Kyle Dawkins at minus 250 and the decision at plus 140. And in the last fight, we have Johnny Walker versus Jamal Hill. Walker is running at a plus 200. Hill is at minus 245. If Walker comes out with that crazy faint-heavy pitter-patter style he employed against Tiago Silva, Hill is just going to outwork him to like a wide decision. I hate, Walker has so much power in the world, and he loves doing this thing of like, I, I might hit you, I, I might hit you, I might hit you, and then the fight ends, you're like, well, you eventually gotta hit him, man. I just think Hill's speed and technique will just let him crush Walker, and honestly, Walker's got a really weak chin too, so I think that's not gonna help him as well. I love the Jamal Hill minus 230, I'm gonna put him in some parlays as well, and we love him via knockout at minus 135. Guess who also likes him? Everybody else, because the knockout is already at a minus 135. That's crazy that's already a favorite. So I would jump on Hill now because that number's only going to probably get worse. That's it. That's it. Thank you so much for losing money with Andrew Bascom. Another reminder, please follow at LosingMoneyWAB where you can get free daily picks on Instagram and Twitter. Also, can you please subscribe, rate, and review to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. Have fun losing money. We'll see you later, losers. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!